I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Well, welcome to tonight's program. You can see Jesse Lee Peterson's here. And tell me, I want you to read that paragraph. This is out of your book, Jesse. Oh, okay. Out of Jesse's book, and Chapter 3. And your book three. has just started selling good. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> welcome, Jesse. Thank you. It's good to be back. It is good to have yeah, you here. Good to be back. Okay, I'll read this. It's a, in Chapter 3, The Centrality of Fatherhood. Before any social repair can begin, we have to recognize the nature of our problems. And the fact is, today, fatherlessness is our most urgent social dysfunction. From out-of-wedlock births, to violence among boys, to rape and abuse of women, to drug use and poor school performance, most social pathologies can be traced to today's epidemic fatherlessness. Every night, fully 40% of American children go to bed in homes in which their fathers do not live. The psychological effect on children, male and female, of this alienation from their fathers is impossible to measure, but common sense dictates that it must be profound. That's um, quite a statement, Jesse. That is true, too. You know, there's a, there's a spiritual order to life, yes. and that order is God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman and woman over children. Mm -hmm. It's not an ego thing, it's a spiritual thing. That's right. And God ordained it to be that way, and when that is broken, you have the type of destruction that we see happening mm -hmm. in our country overall. Mm -hmm. um, whenever you want to destroy a society, you destroy the man first. You mm -hmm. take out the head, mm -hmm. and it's easy to uh, destroy the, the wife the and the children mm -hmm. and take them the wrong way. And that's why you notice that uh, in our country, whenever the enemies of our country, and I call the enemy men and women who do not believe in God, predominantly that's liberal right. type people, mm -hmm. Uh, whenever they want to take control, they go after the man first. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and Discredit. That is, yeah, that's right. And that is because Eva understands that if it can take the man out, what's going to happen? And so Eva works through people just as good work through people. Mm -hmm. And 40 years ago or so, they took out the black man, mm -hmm. put the government in, mm -hmm. and now the black community is in a... I mean, it's worse it's than chaos. anybody can even imagine. Mm -hmm. And and it is happening to the Hispanic family now. Mm -hmm. You know, they, there's an attack on the Hispanic man. You know, he they call him uh, too macho, and, you know, he want to control everything because they want to turn his family away. They're doing it to the white man. Oh, yes. Call him a racist, and he want to control everything. Mm -hmm. Turn him away from his children and his wife. Mm -hmm. It's over. Mm -hmm. And we need to understand that, especially as men and women of God, we need to understand it and be honest about it so that good can work through us in order to stop this from happening. Mm -hmm. If not, I mean, if anybody having a doubt about what I'm saying, all they have to do is look at the black community. Mm -hmm. Look at the average black man. Look at the family. Seventy percent of black babies are born out of wedlock today. Mm. Seven zero. And that's because the father's not there. So. If anybody have any doubt about what I'm saying, just open their eyes and mm -hmm. look at the black family, mm -hmm. and they can see what's going to happen to them. Mm -hmm. It's evil. It's, it's absolutely evil. You know, it's pathetic. A lot of times in, well, even in our family, uh, the devil used sex to pull a father away. That's right. 
And that, I think that's the biggest tool he uses of uh, infidelity in a marriage. And then when that happens and a divorce comes along, we know firsthand from one of our daughter's marriages that their son, I asked my daughter a couple of days ago, have you heard from your sons? Not in a year, Dad. Yeah. Yeah, Saxon food is the the strongest forces that men and women men and women have to deal with. Sex and food. And especially sex with men. Mm -hmm. uh, men use sex as a means of um, escaping, you know. They, they use it to forget about their weaknesses. Mm -hmm. It's like a cocaine addict, you know, whenever they want to forget about their problems and run away from their conscience, from God reminding them that they're wrong, they, they do cocaine. Mm. Well, that's what men do too. And especially men who hate women. If they hate their mothers, they're really into sex. Really? Yeah, because what happens is uh, two, a couple of things happen. First, you become subject to who you hate. And then you have to go back to who you hate to get what was lost. And what is lost and hating is your innocence. Mm -hmm. And so when a lot of these boys and girls are, uh, are brought up by their mothers, and not all mothers are like this, I, I, I want to make that clear, but most of them, when, they are, when the mothers are impatient uh, or dominating or too submissive, you know, real nice and sweet, to kind of smother the kids, mm -hmm. it causes the kids to resent them. And uh, as soon as you resent them, you fall away from the innocence that kids have, you know, mm -hmm. when they're first born. Mm -hmm. And you wake up to that same spirit inside of mama. Mm -hmm. And so now you become subject to that. And you start looking for women to make you feel good. But every woman you get involved with is just like mama. You keep going back to the, one, the person that violated you, mm -hmm. violated your life. And they don't understand what's going on. Uh -huh. I hear a lot of women who say, well, I hate my husband because he's abusive, you know, he's mean. But it's her hatred, and you say, well, why don't you leave him? It is her hatred that will not allow her to leave. She developed like a love-hate relationship mm. for him. If we're asked if she can understand that it was it's wrong what's happening, but don't hate him for it, she would be able to walk away from the situation. Mm. And that's why men, women are not into sex the way men are. Uh, they, would, they would service you just to control you because most women love power over anything else so they would give these little weak men the, the, um, the sex for the power but they would rather have a man who stand up and be strong mm -hmm. but the man don't understand what's going on with him he, mm -hmm. does, he doesn't understand he need to overcome mama God said that we were born of the, we were born of the flesh and then of the spirit see we're born of mama first and after we suffer for a while we cry out to God then we're born of his spirit, mm -hmm. and that's where we can go free. Well, I brought this up, your book, for one reason. Everybody I've talked to that's read it, and I've read parts of it, you did an excellent job. Well, I thank God for it, you know, and, and that's another message that I have for people. I used to think that you have to be real educated, you know, have, you have to have a degree and all that. I don't have any of those things because I grew up on a plantation, and I didn't really go to school a lot, even though I finished high school finally. But when I stopped judging and when I uh, started to love what is right more than anything else, that's when God started to operate through me. And it's because of him that I, that I wrote the book. He gave me the words to say and uh, mm -hmm. to write down. Also, I have a second book coming out in um, October of this year. Yeah. Coming up, yeah. And it's published by uh, Thomas Nelson. 
they're the people that publish the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so I have a book coming out there. And to me, it is absolutely amazing. But that's what happens when you start, when you get over evil, overcome evil, and love good. And the only way you're going to do it is that you have to get to know yourself. Most people don't know themselves. They're in denial. They will not admit that they're wrong. You know, that book, I had a woman call me up. She was a member of the National Organization of Women Who Hate Men. Mm -hmm. And she said uh, she believed 100% in abortions, but when she read my chapter on abortion, it changed her mind. Oh, really? Great. Yeah, isn't that Praise amazing? God, yeah. yes. And I you know a lot of stories like that. You know, really, this week Tommy and I was talking about now and the push for letting women into combat. You, you know, we've seen two bad cases already. Yeah. and. Thank God the Israelis have gotten more sense than we got not to let women on the combat line. Yeah, I yeah. tell you, yeah, when I saw that, when I saw that, I saw a woman, I think it was a black woman, and they was like, had her on TV, she looked like she just had fear all over her. I felt sad how, as men of this country, we let our women down mm -hmm. by putting them on the front mm -hmm. line. Well, it, we gave in to those, yeah. the ones who ready to put them over there for power, but they don't want to do nothing. I know. You know, what I find interesting in our country today is that men and women of God now give in to the ideas of the world. Mm -hmm. They can be, you know, they That's allow right. the world to pressure them into doing the wrong thing. And that was un unheard of before in this country. And, but for some reason it all changed. And you could go to the average church today and the preacher sound just like uh, a person on the street, you know, we ask preachers to get involved with the abortion issue. Well, we can't because it's a woman's choice. It's her body, her choice. <laughs> you know, a homosexual issue. They will not get involved with these issues. Mm -hmm. And men are weak from the home to the schools, mm. to the community, to the church today. And that's why our nation is falling apart because the man represent God. We are not him. We're not God, but he works through us because of his order. You know, when you left here last time, you were going to be one of the speakers at the Israeli uh, breakfast, breakfast yes. at the NRB. How'd that right. come off? You know, to my surprise, there were a lot of people there from all over the country. They had many speakers. But when I spoke, I got a standing ovation, and I was absolutely shocked. Why? But I don't know. It, just, it was interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I was just surprised. Uh -huh. But they received it very well. You know, I explained that. If Israel goes, America will go. You know, uh, 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 our religion, the Christian religion, is an offspring of Judaism. You know, that's why this country was built on Judeo-Christian values, mm -hmm. not just Christian, but Judeo-Christian. Mm -hmm. And I think that the people need to understand how important Israel is to us and, and, and their religion as well. And I just explained those issues. I also told them about, I asked them to pray for black Americans. And not all black, but most of them, because most of them hate Israel. Mm -hmm. Most of them hate Jews. And the reason that they hate Jews is because they've been lied to by their leaders. Mm -hmm. Jesse Jackson, he called New York uh, Jaime Town. You know, he called the Jews Jaime's. You know, uh, Louis Farrakhan calling them blue-eyed devils. You know, and a lot of the black preachers hate Jews. And so that, that uh, idea has been implanted mm -hmm. in the uh, uh, minds of a lot of black people mm -hmm. and they have turned away from Israel and all that is adding to their suffering Yes, it is because they don't know what they're doing mm -hmm. You know we're uh, You're on here 
during our roundup where we ask people, you know, to, to give, to support, to help keep guys like you on the air, yeah. us on the air, and so on. And so I had to ask all my questions first. Now you got to tell us what has been going on with you. I know you got <laughs> you on. You may do a radio program from here while you're here. And yeah, I. Uh, one thing I do Monday through Friday is I, I uh, host a national call-in radio talk show on uh, Information Radio Network. I mean that's another gift from God because I've been banned from two radio stations in the last 12 years or so, 13 years. Why? Uh, because of telling the truth and. Whenever you tell the truth about black people, they, their leaders tend to threaten the radio stations and, and places like that to boycott or take away you know, their shows and things. So I've been banned, but as one door closes, another one opens. A bigger door. Yeah, it always does. It never fails. Uh, that's what God promised is, and we love him with all our heart, soul, and might that he would never let us down, you know. He's greener than anybody else. So, Amen. Uh, so Larry Bates, uh, the owner of it, uh, network gave me an opportunity to, to do that. Uh, it is growing fast. We get a lot of people getting help, and um, we are now getting ready to go down to Augusta, Georgia, at the end of this week, and in support of the Augusta National Golf Club. There, uh, the uh, National Council of Women, Martha Burt, had threatened to boycott them this coming. Home weekend. of the Masters. At the Masters tournament. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. because it's an all male. Um, club, golf club, and it's private. It's been that way for 71 years. They don't get money from the government, and they have a right to exist, but because of the jealousy and envy of the National Council of Women, along with Jesse Jackson, he's threatened to be there too this weekend, to, uh, he called them a gender apartheid because they will not let women come in as members. They can go there and have lunch. They can play, but they just can't be members. What difference would it make to him? Uh, in your opinion, it would give him a sense of power. It would, in his mind, he think that it would send out a message to uh, white Americans that they better watch out for him, and come. to black Americans that he's still he's still in control. Mm -hmm. He still have power. This man has no shame. I need to remind you that he is a reverend. Well, he called himself a reverend. Cheated on his wife, had a baby in that relationship, went to the White House to to counsel Bill Clinton supposedly about cheating on his wife, and I think they gave each other the high five there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the high five, yeah, like, like this. Like right on, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he took, Jesse Jackson took his girlfriend to the White House with him. Uh, We're kidding. Yeah, it's pictures, pictures in the paper. About really? That. And so this man has no shame at all. And uh, so whatever he can do to intimidate, to, to try to maintain power, and he's clearly on the side of evil right now. He's for abortion, homosexuality, everything that's wrong, he's for it. Didn't he go to Iraq to um, support Saddam Hussein? Yeah. I, I, I don't remember him going there, but he did an he, open letter. He, he wrote an open letter saying that after Colin Power did his presentation at the UN, he became more supportive of Iraq rather mm -hmm. than, you know, he's yeah. against the war right. more so. Which, which is no surprise because he supports Palestine, mm -hmm. he supports uh, Arafat, he supports uh, the guy in uh, Cuba. Castro. Yeah, Castro. Castro. He's on the side of all the enemies of America. This man is evil. But what's so sad about it, and most white people don't know, most of the black preachers are like that. 
not all, not all, not all, but most are like that. And that's why you don't see the flock overcoming. Mm -hmm. You don't see them getting better because the head is so screwed up. And so, uh, so we're going to go down to Augusta, Georgia to support Augusta, telling them they have a right to exist. This is America. That's why our men and women are on the front line right now to protect that right. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are going to be other people down there helping us to get this message across. Um, if the women want a country club, they can have one. That's right. And they can not them. allow the men to have memberships that's if right. that would make them happy. It would. That's but right. why close down one that's already existed for seventy-one? I'm telling you, the years. National Council of Women, Jesse Jackson, look out. They hate men. They hate anything that's good. Mm. They hate God. It's all about that. And most of the people be surprised how many of the national leaders of the Clinton administration who were women were part of now. Yeah, that's right. It was a, it was a uh, corrupt administration, very corrupt administration. If It only cost us a half a million dollars. Did you know that? A half a million? A half a million dollars. That's See, amazing. That's amazing. Yes, it that. is. You want to hear the story? Yes. Back in 1995, we filed for a station that nobody wanted to build up in the Amarillo Market, where we're on broadcasting tonight. Yes. And so uh, it was going through the FCC, sailing right through, and then in 96, Clinton's decided we better get some money and balance the budget. Remember the big question? Yeah, portion? I remember that, yeah. And so he went to his fellow Republicans and Democrats and said, this would look good for the country if we change the laws in regards to television, radio, open it up to where you can own as many stations as you want, take off the limitations that was put on to keep the Hitlers out of, of yeah. the way. And so uh, when they rewrote the laws, they also put in their little clause that said it'd be legal short-term green mail. Green mail is I can blackmail you at the FCC and it's legal. <laughs> Okay? Yeah, that's amazing. And so they yeah. ended up, the one that we had filed, they filed on top of us. We had the distinction of being the very first television entity that was filed on because of the Clinton law of 1996. Wow. And then uh, it cost us a half million dollars to get the green mailers out so we could build a station. They had no intention of building it, and that's the way the law used to read, but they took it out. And so that's how we're up there today. Well, Bill Clinton is a corrupt, wicked man. And uh, thank God for President Bush. You know, he has a big responsibility of cleaning up the mess that Bill Clinton made. And he's gonna, uh, doing a good job of it. And I hope that the American people continue to pray for him, that he can just hang in there and be strong. Because, you know, when, when, uh, when George Bush won, I said, then God has given us another chance in this country, and I hope people realize it. And I think that after, uh, after President Bush is finished, has finished, people will realize how fortunate we are that, you know, we, he did, God did give us another chance to clean up the mess they made. And we'll hear some of the things that they can't tell us now. That's right. Yeah, it will come. Mm -hmm. But we got to wake up uh, to what is going on in our country before it's too late. Uh, uh, people got to know that it's a spiritual problem. They got to know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against spirits and principalities in high places. Everything we deal with is spiritual, either good or evil. And we need to get away from looking at the color thing or the male and female thing in the physical sense, but look at the spiritual thing. That's, it. That's why God said we have to be born again mm -hmm. so that we can see what's going on. Mm -hmm. I was telling, uh, um, I was talking to you guys earlier about in California, for example, there's an area uh, in South Central Los Angeles where crime and corruption is just absolutely where I went to school. Yeah, yeah, absolutely out of control. I'm a black man, and I'm afraid to drive through Compton at night. Really? Uh, yeah, and no way. I will only go in case of emergency and take as many people as possible with me. That's, how bad, bad. that's how bad things are. <laughs> they lost their police force at one point. They had, they had, they had uh, the, the uh, police department was so corrupt and messed up, and crime was so out of order. They, they had no police protection at one time, and the city council was out of control. It's just. If messed up, but nobody would stand up and say what the problem is so that the truth can set us free. Is that going to happen in other places? I, I, when you said that, Compton, I remember going to the second grade there in 60 years ago. Well, well Compton's not the same as 60 years ago. And it was just <laughs> a bunch of dairy out there at that time. Yeah. Yeah, it's happening everywhere, Al, not just Compton. It's happening in Detroit. Uh, Gary, Indiana, for example, I remember when Gary, Indiana, I lived there for a little while. It was a nice place to live. But then they, they voted in a black mayor of the city. And once he became mayor, it went downhill. You'd and, think it'd be the other way, wouldn't right, it? You would think so because they say, well, the white man won't give us a chance. You know, it's the white man controlling. But when they control these areas, the areas will get worse instead of getting better. And they're controlled by black mayors, uh, police chiefs are black, city councils are black. Everybody's black and their mama, but the, the areas are just out of control with crime because they don't use the money for the right things. They put it in their own pockets. Mm. Corruption. Yeah, almost, corruption. You know, it, what you're describing is almost like the Iraqi regime. Mm -hmm. That's right. It is. It is like that. That's right. It's exactly like that. Out of control, just crying. And if you crime. come against me, we're going to kill you. That's right. And we have gotten threats like that, too. Over the last 13 years, I've been called nigger and Uncle Tom. I've had guns drawn on me. Telephones been tabbed and banned from radio shows. Just all kind of things. But because I love what's right, and I thank God for that, they can't stop me. And I don't think I'm going to die until God say so it's, it's time, time to, to come home. That's right. How has our... This, I should have asked you this off the air. How is our viewership? They're very outspoken. How outspoken have they been against you or for you or what? Well, I, I think I've received about one, maybe two letters against me. But for the most part, people write in saying, thank you so much. Uh, uh, especially when I talk about forgiveness and how to forgive and overcome all that anger. So many people really appreciate mm -hmm. that because they don't, the hardest thing I've of my job is getting people to forgive. You'd be surprised at the number of Christians who hate their husbands or hate their wives or hate their children or the children hate their parents. But yet they, they name... They just hate. Yeah, they hate. Yet they name and claim Jesus, but they have hate in their heart. And you can't know God and have hatred too. That's right. You can't be his son. You can't be a son of God and a son of Satan. Mm -hmm. You know, you gotta love one That's or the right. other. And when you resent somebody or hate somebody, you you of the devil. Mm. Yeah, I gotta shake that? your hand. You know why? 
What's that? They hate me worse than they hate you. <laughs> that's why God brought us together. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, Jesus. But the TV show is having a major impact. Yeah. We are. We're, we're that's good. Yeah. I get a lot of good letters about you. I really do. I've only gotten one who disagreed with you. Not, that's amazing. Uh, and I don't mind the negative letters because it's those that are negative that we want to try to help mm -hmm. because they just don't see and understand. Mm -hmm. And so we want to try to help them too. Mm -hmm. yeah. You were going to say something. Cut you off. Well, I was going to say you, you're in good company because Jesus said the world would hate that's you right. because it hates him first. That's right. And I would rather that they hate me standing for what is right that's right. hate me if I was a corrupt kind of a person. That's right. So, you know, it's okay to be hated this way. It, it's amazing to me that people will follow and idolize a corrupt leader. Oh, yeah. hey, look, look <laughs> just go back but a few years. But I know, years. you can look anywhere yeah. you can. and see it. But, but how can people be so well, sheep-like? Sheep <laughs> well, whoever seduces you away from goodness controls you. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah, so that's what it is. It's like a little ch chicken when she's first born, a little chick. And when they first, when they come out of follow the shell, mama. whoever's standing there is, is who they're going to follow. <laughs> Are you my mama? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so when, 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 uh, when we are seduced away from innocence, uh, fall to anger, that's who controls us. And if you look at, and I, I use the black community because I, I am black, as you can tell. I think. Do I look black? Yeah. A little. <laughs> okay. Well, don't uh, notice, really. <laughs> don't notice. <laughs> but uh, 40 years ago, they were seduced away from innocence by their black leaders, by their preachers and leaders, and they have been following their leaders for the last 40 years or mm -hmm. so. Even when they know that they're corrupt, they still follow their leaders because mm -hmm. they're of their leaders. They've been seduced away from their their innocence. It's like with a. Uh, uh, a young girl who get raped, uh, she become attracted to the rapist, and she is seduced by the rapist. Even when the parents are saying, stay away from him, stay away, she would sneak out the room at night to go be with the rapist because he seduced her away from her innocence. Mm -hmm. And so that's what's happening. That is the most <laughs> revelationary statement I believe I've ever heard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I've always, it don't make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like with kids, you could be you could be raising your children, right? And they, they respect you, they're obedient. Then you send them off to school one day and, and some a bad kid say, Come and go with me and steal some candy and the kid said, No, 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 I can't do that because my parents, you know, my parent will get me. But they say, Oh no, we don't have to tell your parents. Your parents will never know. And the moment the kid go with the with the uh the seducer, the, the other kid that mm -hmm. wanna steal some candy they become subject to that kid. Mm -hmm. And when they come back home at 3 o'clock, you don't even recognize them. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, they, they hate you. They're mm -hmm. disobedient to you. Mm -hmm. You say, what's wrong? They, they lie about it mm -hmm. because they've been seduced by another identity, mm -hmm. another entity uh, a darkness, a spirit of darkness. And now they hate the thing that they used to love. They hate it the most. Mm -hmm. They used to love their parents, which is of good. Now they love the, uh, the enemy that seduced them away mm -hmm. from good. You know, you made me think of something I had never thought about in school and all this thing about the, the guys that I run around with in high school and that's been over going to be 53 years pretty quick yes but of the four guys that were in that that was always going in the drugstore snitching those four guys all four of them are dead now yeah now tell me that isn't and the other guys you know 
That's right. The eight of the rest of us are still running around. Yeah. You know, that's why God once again ordained the family because parents uh, have a responsibility to watch over their children mm -hmm. as God is watching over us. Mm -hmm. But when you break up that family, the kids have no pr protection at mm -hmm. all. And the seducer is waiting for them. Oh, yes. And he's waiting through for them and other children. Mm -hmm. You know, we should be careful who we let our children play with. That's right. But nowadays, if you say that, you're looked upon as a bad person. That's right. You know, who you're are intolerant. You? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You think your kid is better than mine. You know what? No, I don't want my children playing with these bad children because they're already corrupt mm -hmm. and they're going to seduce the innocent kids mm -hmm. as well. And so we have mm -hmm. that responsibility as parents to do that. What's your favorite subject when you're on the radio? Uh, that's a good question. Forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I think that if I could get people to repent uh, um, and, and be born again, I think that things would change just like that in our country and in the lives of many people. I like talking about uh, uh, the black leadership. I love talking about them because they have gone protected for so long and they have caused so much damage. And so I love exposing them. You know, the title of my show is, well, the theme is revealing the lie so that you can see the truth. So I like revealing the lie about these people so in hopes that somebody will see the truth and overcome. Mm -hmm. And get it out of their system. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Another thing, I, I, I love being an American. You know, I'm American. I'm not Afro-American. Afro I have 100% American. And I love pushing that as well because... Where'd that other come from? African-American? Yeah. From Jesse Jackson. You're kidding. Yeah, he decided to... They went from call, being called Negro to black people to something else and then finally African-Americans, mm -hmm. but he gave that title to them and they just follow along with it mm -hmm. without thinking. Mm -hmm. And so we try, to, we try hard to get people to think, all people, but especially black That's Americans. That's right. All people. They were Americans. Yeah, they were Americans. Because their allegiance is to Africa rather than to their country. But when you go to Africa, they don't treat you like an African. They treat you as an American. Mm -hmm. You know, they're gonna they're gonna treat us the same, whether you're black or white. Mm -hmm. Really. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know blacks who have gone there. They would they would never go back again, because they were treated in a mean kind of a way because they were American. And oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so they mm -hmm. don't want to go back. Uh, we are not Africans. You know, we are Americans, and our heart need to be with our country. I thank God He brought me here. You know, you know His plan is always better than ours. So they said, oh, he forced us here. You know, they brought us on the ship. They sold us, right? Well, thank God for that. Because they might have been extinct by now. That's right. We could be stuck in South Africa with communist, socialist pig like Nelson Mandela, mm -hmm. who said recently that President Bush is a racist because President Bush is going to, well, that's before the war started in Iraq. And I'm like, the nerve of this man to call President Bush a racist when we have done so much to help them. Oh, yeah. Can Bill. you imagine that? Mm -hmm. yeah. I would cut off AIDS today. They would, they would not get another penny from me if I'm a racist. You know, I read the other day <laughs> in something that uh, the people who profited the most from the slave trade was the Arabs. That's right. Because it was the, Arab, the blacks in Africa who sold other blacks to Arabs. Mm -hmm. They're the one that made the money from us. Mm -hmm. but, and, and that is a known fact within the black community, but they don't like to talk about it. 
because they would rather blame white folks. You get more money when you blame whites sure. than you do the Arabs. So. <laughs> they would rather blame the white man so they can intimidate him and shake down corporate America mm -hmm. and get governmental money rather than dealing with the real source. I heard or read something about Toyota and uh, Jesse Jackson and that. Oh, yeah. Is that true? Well, yeah, it is. Um, I have a lawsuit filed against Jesse Jackson because... You do? Yeah, I do. Well, he intimidated... Jesse Jackson intimidated Toyota and, and called them a racist and and uh, Toyota caved in and promised to spend over $700 million in the black community starting last year. And so they invited us to a meeting, Toyota did, uh, along with Jesse Jackson's organization, to explain how they're going to be spending this money. And since we're a nonprofit organization, we don't get money from the government. So we went there, and there were about 200 or so people there, mostly blacks, a few Hispanic, but mostly black people. And uh, Jesse Jackson was there, and he and I ended up sitting right in front of each other. He was just, and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, wow, thank you, God. There is a guy, you know. Jesse Jackson's right there, and I've been waiting to get with him for a long time. And <laughs> your prayers are answered. Yeah. <laughs> because I had tried to get him on my radio show, and he would not come on. He wanted to know who was my audience. Are they conservatives? He wanted the questions in advance. He wanted to listen to tapes of previous shows. So we just said, forget it. Uh, we tried to get Maxine Waters on. She would not come on. These people are cowards. Mm -hmm. But uh, so Jesse Jackson got up at the meeting and he said that uh, uh, the laws that the attorney general is passing to go after bin Laden are really laws to go after the black leaders. And people applauded him and amen. Where, how, Where did how he can get you that construe kind of? It doesn't have anything. to be true. It just needs to be said. Uh -huh. And it Which encourages just, anger. It's just like the the propaganda that yeah. the, the Islamics put out. That's There's right. not a word of truth in it, but boy, they shout it from the housetops and people believe it. They're doing it right now. We're, we're doing taking right over now. Baghdad and, and, the, and the representatives are from Baghdad saying that we're nowhere near it. That's right. <laughs> and our media is going right along with <clears throat> I need to warn you, as you get to know Tommy better, mm -hmm. she's a real redneck, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, long story short with that, uh, uh, he talked about his trade bureau. If you want to get money from this organization, you have to pay him two hundred and fifty to $2,500 a year. Um, um, the guy from Toyota got up and did a 20-minute presentation as to how they're going to be working with the community. Then he opened it up for questions and answers, and I raised my hand. And I said to him, is there any, I told him about our home for boys. We have a home for boys in our organizations from uh, 13 to about 25. And we help these boys overcome anger, start businesses, finish school, uh, realize they're in the greatest country in the world and you can make it here if you want to. And I said that, is there any way that we could go directly to you without having to go through Jesse Jackson or anybody that's connected. And you're sitting across him. the table? And I'm sitting from right across the table from him. <laughs> and when I said that, all hell broke loose. I mean, people were yelling and screaming and calling me nigger and telling me to sit down. And they can't yeah. believe I'm saying this because they hate the truth. They don't want you to reveal what they are about. But it would look like they'd like not to have a king 
They or to pay king. homage to. Uh, they you know, would think so, but they love their king. Too. If you take away black people leaders, they would kill you. It's the same thing that happened in a communist society. If you take away their leaders, they would kill you. It's, they would rather have Barabbas over Jesus. Mm -hmm. They don't want Jesus, they want their leaders. Mm -hmm. Because that's how demoralized and brainwashed they've been mm -hmm. made What's to be. What's going to happen in Iraq? Same thing. They in other work. words, Some all these plans that we're talking about, and that's right. We're going to have another. Some mess. of the people are going to want their leaders. They're not mm -hmm. going to want to be free. Mm -hmm. They're going to want someone to take care of them, and that's how it is in the minds of most black people here in this country today. You know, so many times, Jesse. Here's my redneck thing. Okay, people will write me a letter or something about a particular position that. We have read out of the Bible and talked about it here and everything else. Yes. And they'll get mad. And they'll write me and say, that's not what my preacher says. And I will come out here, I'll give you a book that shows you that's right. that you can get the reference yourself. And then I suddenly become the racist, even though we're of the same situation. It's amazing to me how people hate the truth. Isn't it? They hate the person that brings the truth. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was living in my hellhole, you know, and I have to tell you, I... I if, if God can do with me what he's done, knowing my history, he would do it with anybody. God is really a good guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, when I was like that, though, I wanted leaders. I couldn't think on my own. Mm -hmm. You know, I would have stood up for Jesse Jackson. Or, I used to listen to Louis Farrakhan because I was a young man. I was trying to find my way, and I couldn't find it. So I was listening to people that I thought were righteous people mm -hmm. and so when you're in that state of darkness uh the light seems like your enemy and the enemy seem the darkness seems like the light to you it seems as though it's the right way to go but it's not the right it just seemed that way because you, you can't see and and uh but anyway at this meeting with jesse jackson um after i said that there was a judge greg mathis there he has one on court tv mm -hmm. a black guy he was screaming at me uh from across the room Sit down. You've been watching too much Bill O'Reilly. You've been watching too much Bill O'Reilly show, and and so I yelled. He thought that because he's on TV, he could do that. And so I yelled back at him. Well, at least I'm not watching your boring show. <laughs> <laughs> and things just got worse. <laughs> I can imagine. It was as though I had walked into a Ku Klux Klan meeting accidentally. Mm -hmm. It was that kind of rage, uh, and these were black people. Mm -hmm. Preachers, and I know some of those preachers around town, politicians and things, they were just screaming at me and calling me names. The meeting finally ended. Oh, Jesse Jackson went back to the podium. Where most of the leaders get a cut out of that. That's, that's, what, that's what it that's is. That's generally what the I The money comes in. It goes in the pockets of the, uh, the civil rights leaders, the preachers, the lawyers, and the politicians. Politicians. The people don't get it. They use the people to get sure. it. Sure. I mean, when they had the last riot in L.A., the government put in millions and millions of dollars. But if you drive through South Central, where's the money? The buildings are still burned down. Are they? It's still a ghetto, and the preachers are all wealthy. Their churches are bigger. You know, they, oh, you know I haven't been goodness. in Northeast Washington since the, the Martin Luther King riots. Yes. And when all the buildings were burned down. You remember that? When we were living there at that time. I wonder if those have ever been rebuilt. I wouldn't be surprised if they 
were not mm -hmm. because they do not rebuild the cities. They don't. They use that money for their own personal gain. That's why we got to wake the people up so they can see that they're being used. That's kind of like not about love. That's right. Arafat is mm -hmm. now one of the wealthiest men in the world. Yeah. And but his people done, have nothing. They still have nothing. And yet you have people there sacrificing their life for That's the, right. the, this, this man. You know, they put mm -hmm. bombs on their bodies mm -hmm. and go and kill themselves thinking that they're going to get some virgins when they get to heaven. You know, it's just amazing how people are. But I wonder how the virgins feel about that. <laughs> I don't think a virgin would want a man that would uh, kill himself the like that. For well, that reason, at least. Um, but in the, in the darkness of your imagination, when you're not born again, that's what you do. You mm -hmm. make, you it do doesn't make any difference whether they're white, green, <laughs> yellow, or that's purple. Right. That's or right. brown. Or black. Mm -hmm. It still comes, or black, right? It still comes out the same way. The it's same the mind thing. of the, the evil mind of man until it gets God in that. That's soul. right. I counsel with all races of people, all ages, riches to the poorest, and it's the same problem. It's the same thing. It has nothing to do with color at all. Mm -mm. It's a spiritual it doesn't. thing. It's, it's, it's absolutely spiritual. I made this long story short about the uh, thing with Jesse Jackson Toyota. Uh, Jesse Jackson said, went back to the podium, and he said, black conservatives are parasites. And whenever I shake the tree and the fruits fall to the ground, they're there to pick them up. And the people applauding and amen that. The meeting finally ended. And Jonathan Jackson, one of Jesse Jackson's sons, came over to where I was standing at the coffee table while my guy was giving some information to Toyota and he hit me. And so I'm saying What do you him, mean? He literally hit me because he, he was he so doubled mad. up his fist and yeah. let you have it, huh? Yeah, he was so angry at what I had said about Jesse Jackson that he couldn't handle it. And uh, and so while he and I I'm telling him, You're breaking the law here, you can't do this Jesse Jackson came over and he started cursing me out. You know, he said words that I didn't say when I was a sinner. <laughs> I wouldn't say. He was like, just cursing me. And um, uh, Greg Mathis came over, and uh, Judge Mathis, and he was saying that, where's Bill O'Reilly now? You're always on Bill O'Reilly's show. Where is he when you need him? Have you been on the O'Reilly show? Yeah, I've been on there a lot, and so he's seen me on that show. As a matter of fact. Uh, he treats you pretty courteously? Oh, yeah. Very kind to us. Very kind. After... Um, when that incident happened, I went on his show with the tape, because uh, we had audio tape of what went on. Really? And Bill O'Reilly played it on the show. And, and then later, he had Greg Mathis on, and he asked him about, you know, why are you guys attacking Jesse Peterson out there? You know, what's going on with that? And he was shocked about that question, because he didn't know he was going to be asked. But uh, <laughs> I bet that's so. How did he answer it? Change the he, subject? He made up something. He didn't tell the truth about it. Mm -hmm. And, and long story short, again, the media ended. I, I mean, they had me in a circle, threatened to kill me, and they're going to hurt they're me. They're at the Toyota meeting. Mm -hmm. So they got me out. My guy got me out, and I called Larry Clayman over at Judicial Watch, mm -hmm. my he's friend a, over there. Yeah. He's a great guy. He we loved supporting him. Yes. And I filed a lawsuit against Jesse Jackson. It was uh, Larry? Rainbow Push. Good. Uh, Jonathan Jackson and Judge Greg Mathis and some others there, too. They were trying to get it thrown out of court, but the uh, Superior Court of California refused to throw it out. And we're waiting to go to trial. And I want to go to trial. I want to have an open trial. Mm -hmm. I don't want to make any settlements behind closed doors. And the primary reason that I want to do that, I want money from it, too. I don't want to pretend I don't, mm -hmm. because I can use the money to run the organization mm -hmm. with. 
But I want Americans to see that Jesse Jackson is an evil man mm -hmm. and that blacks and whites and Hispanics alike have to stand up to this man mm -hmm. before it's too late. Mm -hmm. Because the more we allow him to get away with it, he'll encourage other evil people to do the same that's thing. That's right. And that's why I don't want anything done behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. And uh, when it, as we move Good forward, for I'll let you guys know, I'll be talking about it on my TV show mm -hmm. and the radio show. Mm -hmm. Good for you. No. You're here taping programs. We need to tell people. Yeah. I'm here to tape 13 more series, 13 more shows mm -hmm. within two days. And I wow. tell you, it's a lot of fun, though. The first time I did it. Did you do 13 last night? Yeah, time? I did 13 last night. Yeah, well, <laughs> you came in and just bang, 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 bang. It was easy. It was fun. Good. It really was. I mean, and even the, the, the uh, cameraman and people were saying, wow, this is real easy. I was surprised at how easy it would be as well. But when you tell the truth, it's easy. Of course. You know, things are easy. Your mm -hmm. birds are light, your way is made clear. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I want to encourage people to be honest. You know, speak up, but don't hate. Mm -hmm. Tell the truth, tell the truth, mm -hmm. and life will become much easier. You mm -hmm. still have a whole lot of challenges, but you can see how to overcome them. Mm -hmm. So many times when um, you do 26 programs, that's what our contract's for. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes they'll say, I'm through. I hope that's not going to be your viewpoint when you get through to your 26 tomorrow. Oh, no. We're already planning for the next 26. Okay. We're, we're, we're getting the names and phone numbers of guests already for the next shows. That's good. Now, I'm going to do it as long as God and you guys say so. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> when the trumpet I, blows in the east, we'll shut it down and give it to somebody else. That's okay? right. That's right. <laughs> I consider it a blessing, and uh, it's another way to get the truth out. Mm -hmm. It's another way to help people, and so I don't take it for granted at all, mm -hmm. not at all. Have we had any questions come in? Uh, well, we had a, a gentleman call, but they, uh, um, he won't answer the phone now. He wanted to talk to Jesse, he said, but he won't answer the phone. So What's his first name? William. Call us back, and maybe we got maybe some phone Maybe we got number. the wrong phone number, so if... Uh, William, if, if uh, you're the one that called. I did get an email from someone Okay. Uh, who said that they wanted me to pray for their son, uh, help uh, that he would overcome marijuana and get over his ex-girlfriend, and that he has a baby by her, and he needed to focus on raising his little girl and uh, finding a, a good job. Mm. And um, the one thing I can say that this person can say to their son is that I used to use marijuana too, you know, I had a lot of anger, I was very insecure, I had a void, an emptiness within me, as though something was missing in my life. I realized now I was longing for my father, I needed mm -hmm. my dad, but, uh, I, and in that resentment, because when you condemn, when you judge others, it come back on you, and that's what I was feeling. And I tried to get away from it uh, by using marijuana. And it doesn't help you get rid of the problem, mm -hmm. you know, and just it makes you feel good for a minute. But when I started to examine myself and I forgave my parents, my father for not being there, my mother for trying to control my life and uh, hating my father, when I forgave them and God forgave me, he gave me peace and the marijuana just fell away. I didn't need it anymore because I no longer had the conflict. Mm -hmm. You know, there was nothing to escape. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I would recommend that this, it sounds like it may be a mother writing about her son, mm -hmm. that she would go to her son and apologize 
for the things she have done wrong because as parents we all make mistakes and I would just go and say you know what I'm sorry for being too controlling or whatever it is you've done without excuse I say I was wrong I realized what I've done to you and I'm sorry for that and that's the beginning he may start you know forgive her and if, if he can forgive her everything else will start to fall in place mm -hmm. the hardest thing is for parents to many parents to admit that they're wrong they will send you to hell before they say I'm sorry and, and, and kids know, they, they know that their parents are hypocrites and they hate to hear parkinson. And so when parents don't forgive, it makes it hard for kids to forgive. If you want to know what a, a parent is, look at their children. You know, kids are the mirror image of what their parents are all about. You know, a lot of parents are, no, I'm a, I'm a Christian parent. You know, I pray for my kid, I go to church every day. But when you, behind closed doors, they're impatient, they're, they're, they're mean to them. They are, they're talking about other people in negative ways. They're hypocrites, and kids hate hypocrisy, mm -hmm. especially coming from Christian parents. Mm -hmm. And so I would recommend And that's that. probably why Christianity is in such trouble today. It is. Mm -hmm. I, I'm telling you, Al, I hear it all the time. Uh, that's one of the reasons the Muslim religion is taking over. Why? Because Christianity, first of all, is very weak today. And then and most of the Christians are hypocrites. You know, they're not what the Bible say they mm -hmm. should be. They don't forgive. They don't uh, treat their neighbors the way they would like to be treated. Well, how does Muslims, they're the Muslim still human, religion, how do they get around that? Because their religion is a mean religion. It's, a, it's, a, it's an evil religion. A dogmatic. But, right, but it looks strong. Mm -hmm. You know, when you put it up against Christianity, it looks like strength. Mm -hmm. And so angry people are going to be attracted to that. And that's how they're seducing a lot of the young black men because a lot of them are very angry. And uh, so Farrakhan and others tell them that's the white man's religion. You know, the Muslim religion is the black man's religion, and they are attracted to that. You know, when you stop and, and you think about the problems that we're having, I, I've got to, the next time, what's this, Monday? Yes. I wish you were here on Wednesday night when Teen Challenge is here. You know, we minister a lot with Teen Challenge. Right. I've often wondered what the statistics are within Teen Challenge about the father relationship problem. Hmm. I'm going to have a couple of them on my show in the new tape in the mm -hmm. series. Would you so ask them that if it isn't that. embarrassing? Because we may be missing a clue even there. Yeah. It's a marvelous program, but... Uh, it's kind of like this TV station. We use all the help we can get. That's right. We, uh, we work in juvenile detention centers. As I said, I have a home for boys. We have an after-school program for young boys. And the first thing we deal with is the home life first. The first thing we, we have to deal with is that they got to learn to love their parents. they got to learn to honor, the, honor, honor their parents. It doesn't mean they have to hang out with them. They don't have to go get drunk with them but just don't hate them. God wants us to respect our parents. And it goes back to that commandment. Yeah, that's right. And most, 90% of the time, most of the problems start from not having, even if the parents are in the home, most of the time it starts from there. And if we can get them to forgive their parents because they have done the best that they can do, then things start to change. Um, and we got headsets we, around here somewhere. We do. Um, there's one. Jesse, um, there's the, one for you. This caller just want uh, to make a comment. I, do can we just hearing 
without the headsets? No, because we may no. want to talk to them. Okay. Have I got one here? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. See if he's on there, Jesse. Have you got uh, any sound? Al, are you there? I'm here. All right. Did you get can, him? Can you hear him? Is Do you Al? hear him, Jesse? Yeah, I can hear him now. Okay. I hear you, Al. Yes, okay, sir. go ahead with your comment, Al. We don't hear it over the speakers. Thank you. It's got to come out over the speakers. Right, it's a nonprofit organization that I run, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny, and our purpose is to rebuild the family by rebuilding the man. Yeah. Probably one of our, besides coming to Christ, that's one of the biggest problems in the black community is the, the breakdown of the family. Yes, sir. And it, we have a birth rate, I think we're probably at a, right around 80% now of uh, birth rate is uh, out of wedlock. Yep, 70%, the last report I saw. 70% of black babies are born out of wedlock. And, and, and quite often you hear some of these, quote, black leaders get up, getting up and speaking about uh, discrimination and racism and all this stuff. But when we look around our community and we see, we see all of the young unwed mothers and the babies they have are not interracial babies, they're black babies. Yep, that's right. Well, you know, that's why I've said that black Americans are suffering not due to racism, but the lack of moral character. Most blacks are immoral. Mm -hmm. And until we deal with the moral issues, no money, no white man loving us, no America apologize going to solve the problem. We've got to deal with the moral issues. Yes, that is definitely at the root of uh, a lot of the problems that we have. Yes. But I, did, I just wanted to say I'm, I'm glad to see you, to see your face, so I can put a face with the name, so when I hear being mentioned on American Family Radio again, I know who we're talking about. All right. Well, make sure you watch my show. Al, do you watch his program on here? Yes, sir. I, I see you, and I guess that's you and your wife? No, 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 not me. That's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, do you watch Jesse? Uh, this is the first time I've ever seen him. Oh, oh. really? Uh, do you get our schedule? Uh, no, sir, I do not. Okay, when... Make sure you call back and get tell them you want a schedule. Yeah. Because your program was on last night. Right. And this morning sometime. I yeah. saw it both times. Yeah, I'm on every day in the week except Friday. So, and, and two times a day, too, I think. So make sure you tune into the show, Al. Okay. And do you have any books out? I do. Um, one is book? called From Rage to Responsibility. Okay. Um, uh, I think they have it on camera now. Mm -hmm. From Rage to Responsibility. And I write about these issues and other issues that we are talking about here today. And it's for everybody. I highly recommend that you get a copy of it. Okay. You can order it through the bookstore here. Yeah, yes. just call the 88 number here, the toll-free number. It's 19.95 plus the shipping, and you're in Clovis, so you don't have to pay the tax. Right. Great. I yeah. will do that. Yeah, I recommend you get a copy of it, Al. I will, sir, and it's good to see you. And I. Look forward to catching your program. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. you calling in. I should have asked Al, how did he happen to, was he just channel surfing when he came across there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, that's interesting. Yes, it is. Well, Al, really, thank you for calling in. Well, it sounds like he watched your show, you guys.
So well, it's called the comedy hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the old folks home or something. You got a, another no. call coming? Well, this is from uh, Jeannie Jones up in Lubbock. She says, I'm 100% for you, Jesse. So he's so honest and thorough. Oh, thank you very much. She's a teacher. It's interesting how some people can hear the truth and receive it just like that. Uh -huh. It just so it makes sense. It's clear to them, but others can hear it and they hate it. Mm -hmm. You know, they just the truth just seems like they're enemy to them. And uh, you know, God said only a few is going to find that straight and narrow path. Well, this man who called earlier, William, uh, he said. Uh, what do you have against Afro-Americans, and why are you such a sellout? <laughs> well, he's, he's the one we couldn't reach when we tried to call him back. I like the question, though. Good question. Yes, it's a good question. 817, what area code is that? I don't know. I think that might have been the problem. Well, uh, I, the first thing is that we are not African-Americans. We are Americans. And we need to get rid of that idea so we can appreciate what God has given us. That's right. This country. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm for them because I'm telling the truth mm -hmm. about what is wrong. And black Americans have been lied to for so long. We've been told it's not our fault, it is racism, it's not our fault, it is slavery, it's not our fault, it's the white man. And, and that's not true. Mm -mm. You know, and somebody got to tell the truth and hope that they will finally wake up and take control of the lie. Uh, when people say, well, you hate black people, or you hate yourself, and, you know, I just realized that's the devil working through them. Sure. <laughs> you know, trying to deceive. Another lie. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm not moved by that. Isn't re, repatriation, or what is that word that they're, Jesse's pushing? Oh, reparations. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing that is, is in the forefront. Mm -hmm. And I am surprised by that because I heard of reparations about 13 years ago. Did you? And I thought, there's no way America would fall for that. And I'm surprised how far that idea has come along. And because white Americans are afraid to stand up for mm, the most part. That's it. They're afraid of being mm -hmm. called a racist. It looked like reparations is going to happen. And, it, and it's just so unfair. You know, it's a racist idea itself because mm -hmm. I don't know anybody here alive who have ever owned a slave. But yet you're going to have to pay for something that you're not guilty of. Mm -hmm. And even black people who work are going to have to pay reparations because it's going to come out of their tax dollars. This is just another way for the civil rights leaders and the preachers to get money by using black folks. Oh, Jesse Jackson even said in, a, in a, a, a speech he gave or a press conference down in San Diego, California, he said the money is not necessarily going to the people, it's going to the organizations. Mm -hmm. And so I can't help but wonder if he's talking about his organization mm -hmm. of course. And, and his friends. Mm -hmm. But we need to stop reparations because if we don't, we will never overcome that. We will never survive. You know, you need to address the subject that I get on my bandwagon once in a while, but they, they get tired of hearing that. <laughs> it's um, people, Christians especially, think it, if I don't stand, if I stand up, for some, and don't argue. If I argue with you, and don't just sit down and be quiet, boy, kind of an attitude. I'm not a good Christian if I argue with you. Those, uh, those are men and women who really don't believe in God, because there's no way that, as a man or woman, see what people don't realize is that when we are born again, we are representing God on earth. He's working through us, men and women. He's working through us for the good. 
uh, when people see us, they should see him. And they should see the power through us. And when you see evil coming through other people, you have a responsibility to point it out. It, you're like, you're like an, an outer consciousness for them because they have not discovered the inner consciousness, the light of God within them, within themselves. And so as men and women of God, without hating them, we have a responsibility to point it out. So when they say, well, you're not a Christian for standing up, just pray and just tell me right away they have not found God. Because Christ, when you look at the life of Christ, he never did just sit around and pray. He was a confronter. That's right. He, and, and God asked us to be Christ-like. Mm -hmm. He wants us to be like him. We have to be a confronter because the devil is a confronter. Oh, Whenever yeah. he wants to corrupt mm -hmm. people, he confronts you. Mm -hmm. When they wanted abortion, they confronted that issue and brought it to the forefront. Mm -hmm. Whenever they wanted to uh, corrupt our children in the public school system, look what they did. They took God out. You can't even mention God in the public school system. Mm -hmm. When I go there now to give talks at the school, they ask me not to mention God. Don't, don't mention God. So the devil is a confronter. Why shouldn't How we? How do you handle that? Um, I do it by talk about you know forgiveness and and the spiritual aspect of it and what happened. And you're still going to talk to them. Yeah, you got to. Right, I have to. Otherwise, it's a waste of time to go there because if you can't get these kids to forgive, nothing else is going to make them better. They got to forgive because even if they gain all the finance in the world, they're still going to be messed up emotionally and spiritually because they hate their enemies, they hate their friends, they hate their families. Mm -hmm. So they have to forgive. You know, I'm going to do a, a Jesse Peterson, you know, you didn't see the invitation I got that today. I, I finally accepted an invitation to one of the regional national, uh, national religious broadcasters. Oh, good. And they wanted to, me to, to share with them about my engineering things and all that with the younger generation. And I'm going to surprise the national religious broadcasters. I'm going to tell them it starts off with one basis. Are you listening to God? That's right. That's and right. all the rest of them will come into place. That's right. It sure will. Well, good. I hope they don't see you on the show tonight. And not no. <laughs> we can't. The national that. religious broadcasters won't watch Christian Station. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, remind people to call in with their questions because we we need some questions and yeah. need some comments from comments our and if you want to talk listeners. to Jesse, I tell you what let's do. Let's take a quick song break and if we do a song break, Maybe I know. Maybe they'll go to the phone. Yeah. Yeah, we want people to call in. They can ask me anything. You know, That's right. You're not afraid of questions. And we'll talk Jesse will talk to you on the air. About anything. Anything. Yeah, so feel free to call in. Okay, so you're going to love these young kids that are going to sing. Oh, okay. I think <laughs> it, Can we Buddy go to Gina. it? Okay. Amen. 
Thank you. Thank you. This is Sharon from Big Spring. Sharon, can you hear all of us okay? I hear you, Brother Al, fine. Can you hear me, Sharon? Sharon? Uh, just... Uh, you better turn uh, his mic up just a little bit, control room. All Go right. ahead and talk to her and tell she here. We are testing. I'm glad you called in. <laughs> okay, yes. And the number's this on the screen for others to call in, too. You got him now, okay, Sharon? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, let's go. Let's see where we're headed. Thanks for calling. Well, thank you for receiving my call. Um, I listened to the program today, Brother Jesse's program today, with uh, Jamie Berryhill, who's um, running for Congress, I believe. Yes. Um, and it's just amazing to me. I am so inspired by uh, your testimony and your ministry, Brother Jesse. The reason is because I'm so glad uh, for you being on, being invited to come by Brother and Sister Cooper uh, on Prime Time because there is an epidemic, I believe an epidemic, of people who have been forced to live in homeless shelters. Right. Um, so I, was, I had seen um, the ministry of Mission Messiah on Prime Time before, and uh, I noticed that... Um, it, it seems that an association where God is, is, is putting, is, is bringing together the homeless situation with uh, uh, politics somehow. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Um, I was forced to live in a homeless situation 
will fall back. And it seemed that at that time, I thought I was the only one going through that. Right. But now I have a sympathy and a heart for people that I've never had before. If I had not lived in that situation, I would not have. Um, also, I wondered uh, up until I saw you on prime time why it is I was being exposed to so much corruption, um, the homosexuality in ministries. Yeah. Um, I lived in Houston before I came here, and it was so prevalent there, it was nauseating. Um, I've seen it in other places yeah. since then. So I know that what you're speaking is truth. I would think 99% of what I've heard you speak on, I have had to experience personally, not necessarily happening in my personal life, right? but situations that I've had to deal with personally, with family and friends. Um, it's pathetic and it's heartbreaking to hear some of the things that you say. Nonetheless, I have heard you say nothing that's not true. Yeah. Sh uh, Sharon, are you right, black? Sharon? I, I'm sorry, excuse are, me? Are you black? Yes, I okay. am. Yeah. I, you know, Sharon, I understand your sadness about it because when I think about it, it's pretty sad too. It is sad that black Americans in the condition that it's in but it's that way because nobody has come forward and told the truth about what's going on. Yeah. And we can only change by telling the truth. And so I, I know exactly how you feel. Um, and it's, it, I think it's, it's, it's uh, you know, you're having more of an impact because you're, you're a male, a man speaking, and people will listen. But um, even in my own family, you know, just personally, I've spoken out about some of the same issues you have. Yes. And the responses that I've gotten uh, for, have been phenomenal. And, you know, it, in my own family. Yeah. Nonetheless, um, um, you know, still heartbreaking. And even in the church, when I've tried to uh, bring up different issues, this is a small town, and the church where I was raised, you know, my father was, was, was active in the church and my family members, all of those, well, he's deceased now, but the others, I mean, it's, 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 it's people who were influential, uh, growing, me growing up, have changed so. Yeah, um, that's right. It's so, you know, I know what you're saying is true. And, but, and You know, one thing I want to say to you, uh, if you, I, I get the same response that you are getting from telling the truth. That's one thing that uh, really doesn't matter if you're male or female. When you tell the truth without resenting, even your family members, some of your family members are going to turn on you. And so I've not been well received up until lately. People are starting to receive the message. But when we first started out, I mean, black people thought that I had sold out. They thought I was an Uncle Tom. But because I stood, you know, not giving into the pressure, some are starting to realize that, you know, he is telling the truth and it's time for a change. But when your family and your friends are coming against you, you have to just not take it personally and forgive them for they know not what they do and just tell the truth and let God do the rest. Exactly. Because it's 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 just easier said than done. <laughs> Well, it's only hard when you take it personally because you can't, you can't want God love, God's love 
and then want the world to love you too. Yeah, you got to be willing to sacrifice one for the other. And I am willing to sacrifice the love of the world for the love of God. And so when they attack me or don't want to hang out with me, I don't mind because I have peace with God and I don't need their love anyway. And that's, a, that's the attitude or relationship with God that you have to have. So when they attack you in your family or don't want you to come over for dinner, it wouldn't be a big thing. You know, Sharon, let me ask you a question. Uh, what age group would you say you're, you're, you're in? Uh, I'm, I'm grandmother. Okay, so but you've seen them. Grandmother be 20. <laughs> Is that right? Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> How, oh, you, uh, it's not impossible, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm over 20. <laughs> all right. But um, you have seen the changes that Jesse's talking about. Oh, definitely. I, you know, um, most of what I saw, I was blind. I mean, you know, just yeah. literally walking in, in darkness until I was saved. I was a born-again Christian uh, at, at 30. Um, I'm 51 now, by the way. And you sound young. The, mm -hmm. the, the way that God has opened my eyes, it is God and it's divine. There is no That's way right. that I could recognize what I do, um, recognize the shape that we're in, it, there's no way that I could see that and, and um, not compromise um, without a, the move of God in my life. That's I mean, right. You know, um, I had the greatest pastor in the world, I believe, who saw to it that we as his congregation were taught the word, and his name is John Osteen. In my mind, he's the greatest pastor that there, that <laughs> ever was, ever existed on the face of this earth. Um, <laughs> But anyway, um, he taught truth. I mean, yeah. he taught, I, I don't know anything about his personal life, except I believe he was a man of integrity, but he taught truth. Well, he, you know, one point you make here, and Al, and I want to add to is that when I was growing up, I didn't even know a homosexual. And if you were a homosexual, it would kept quiet. Right. I used to think right. only white people were homosexual. And I mean, I thought that because my uncles would go to Florida from Alabama and upstate New York and work during the summer, and they would talk, come back talking about how they ran into, you know, white homosexuals, right? But, uh, and so in the black community, it was unheard of. And now, yeah, in the average church, not all, of course, but in the average black church, the, the choir members are homosexuals, the assistant yeah. pastors are homosexuals. The, the ushers and deacons are homosexuals, and the preacher says nothing about it. He doesn't rebuke it. He doesn't try to get them help with it so they can overcome it. He just collect their money while they sing in the choir and help him out. It is so accepted that it's absolutely amazing. I never met a homosexual until I was stationed in Jacksonville, Florida, and we were at Jacksonville Beach in 1952. I never knew such a thing existed. Yeah, that's right. And if a preacher cheated on his wife the way Jesse Jackson done, there's no way he can walk into another black church to get a standing ovation. That's right. It was unheard of. Mm -hmm. And now we have accepted evil as good and war to the man who has called evil good and good evil. Mm -hmm. That's right. We're going to suffer. That's what's going on. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like, you know, if I had not seen this for myself, you know, I would be tempted to think that you you know, were a sellout or that you were not right or that you were exaggerating or that, that information is um, uh, 
is not accurate, but because I have seen this and experienced, yeah. you know, for my own self, that I know that, that what you're presenting is truth. I had to battle a, a lot of demons. There were a lot of spirits that began to come against me as I began to, to listen to truth as you were presenting, you know, telling me things. And I know yeah. that there were demonic spirits saying things to me, you know, about you. I know could not possibly be true. No. Um, I'm not talking about things, people lying to me or gossiping about me to you, to me, about you, to me, but just the voices coming to me to try to keep me from listening yes, to truth. Yes, ma'am. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's um, how the devil works. Exactly. And, um, but um, we... Our people, I mean, we are just in a position where we definitely, definitely, we need help. Um, a lot of times, the leaders are in worse situations. That's right. Um, um, we have, you know, it's sad to say, oh, I want to say this and go because I know that there are other people who want to speak. But I was listening to your program one day, and you were addressing the issue of uh, abortion. Yes. And um, there was a person in my house who just literally began to tag me and say that they didn't believe that you had the right to call names, that you had you, you were making black people look bad, you were condescending no. <laughs> to black people. My question was, after I finished listening to as much as I could, um, I asked, I, I said, I made this comment, I think it's condescending and making me look bad for my uh, women of my race yep. to be on talk shows uh, scantily clad, uh, it making motions that are um, very immoral. Yeah. Um, that doesn't help me look good as a black woman That's because right. in so many cases, when when people of another race see one person of my race saying and doing something destructive, it makes me and everybody else look the same. Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. So I'm stereotyped. So my question was. Why is that not immoral? That's right. Why is that not wrong? Why is that not ever spoken against? Why well, it's yeah. good. Wow. You're bringing tears to my heart. Tears of joy. <laughs> You're right on the money. She's dangerous because she thinks for herself. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, are, are you in, in the uh, Midland, Odessa area? I'm about 45 miles west, east of here. Really? You know what I'd like for you to do, if you don't mind, to call uh, here or my office and leave your phone number? And we'd like to get you on the show one day. I'd like that. Yeah, because we need to get women such as yourself out there too so that uh, other young women and men know that not all blacks are thinking this way. You know, That's something's right. wrong with the way we've been living. Well, I'd so. like that. And, and Scripture says that the elder women ought to teach the younger. I may not yeah. sound very old, but, you know, <laughs> I've been through a lot. And, yeah. and you know, being a grandmother is, is, is you know, that's, that's hell nowadays, isn't it? It is. It really <laughs> okay. is. Yeah. And, and so uh, it's not been a cakewalk for me, you know. But at any rate, yes, I accept the invitation because well, I think that I Well, get in contact with me, all right? Call, th at the end of my show, at least, there's a phone number that you can call me. Yeah, well. And we'll, we'll hook it up with you. We'll right. get that uh, Thank you for your number. call. You're a good woman. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. Bye-bye. Right. Now, that's that shows you that what you're doing is yeah, right. Yeah, that's powerful. Very, very good. Yeah. There's a very interesting question from Deborah in Corpus Christi. Oh, well, thank she doesn't you, necessarily want to be called, but uh, 
Um, Did you see anything on the Million Man March about this? Jesse Jackson talking to Louis Farrakhan. 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 At the uh, Million Man March? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He said Jesse Jackson was the Messiah, and Jackson didn't deny it. <laughs> I didn't hear that. It says Rush Limbaugh has a tape showing this. Oh, yeah? Huh. Uh, that's news to me. I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of stuff was said, but I did not hear it. I can't verify that it's true. Hmm. My goodness. But I know that day that they had that Million Man March, I said that Louis Farrakhan rose to a Hitler status that day. Yes, he did. Because he was validated, you know, That's by right. the Christian community, mm -hmm. uh, the white community, the media validated mm -hmm. him, and they gave him power that oh, he doesn't deserve or should not have. That's for sure. It was a black day for America. Yeah. Hey, here's a question while we're waiting on this next phone call. Wants to know about the lawsuit you have against Jesse Jackson. Self-righteous people would say, turn the other cheek. That's what <laughs> I, I was talking about a while ago. I am doing it, but I'm doing it in the courts. You know, I'm doing it the right way. In the right way. <laughs> That's right. I'm not hating him. And if you knew Larry Clayman, you yeah. would know he wouldn't touch it. And let, he's one of the finest Christian men I ever met. That's right. Okay. Um, any others I there? I don't guess we have a call. We they're got that they're working on it. Larry Clayman would not have... He would not have taken that if he didn't think that's right. it would justify it, mm -hmm. that's for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, and Larry doesn't care if you're conservative, if you're black or white or the president or the vice president. When you're wrong, you're wrong, mm -hmm. and that's he's right. going to expose it. He's going to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And that's what a Christian should do. They cannot or should not let the devil rule, but because they have all these excuses, made-up stuff, you know, Christians are supposed to have power. Mm -hmm. You don't have power by just sitting back doing nothing. That's right. You know, you don't even know what power you have until you step out in faith. Well, you know, so many times, I guess, here's one of my... I think we got somebody on the phone. Hello. Hi. Hi, who's this? This is Wendy Coley from Las Cruces, New Mexico. Okay. And, Mr. Peterson, I wanted to ask you... Now, you guys have been talking about a lot of um, deep, involved subjects, and I guess my question is kind of simple, but as I was growing up, I grew up with 13 foster brothers and sisters, and some of us were Indian, some of us were black, some of us were white. didn't make no difference, and when I did hear white people make racial comments, I just felt like they were idiots, and... They I felt were. bad for my black friends, you know. <laughs> yeah. But then, a few years back, I went to visit a family friend of mine in Baltimore, and um, of course, I lived in a black neighborhood and everything. And I, they wouldn't let me walk outside by myself yeah. in their neighborhood because they said it was dangerous just because I was a white girl. Yeah. And I don't understand, I understand the easy answer is racism, but what could they possibly have against me just looking at me? I mean, you know, obviously they'd know I wasn't prejudiced or I wouldn't be there. Well, they, they hate you because you're white and because you, they've been told that you are their problem. You know, it, uh, and because they have not had good parents to say that this is not true, you know, this woman is... And all white people are not against you. They, in their anger, oh, I know what it is too. See, when they were told that white people were their problem, they became angry at white people. 
And when you resent someone, everybody looked the same to you. It's impossible to trust any white people. Hmm. And so when they see you out there, to them, you're just another white person who uh, you are part of the enemy. You know, you're part of the enemy because you're white. And that's what anger does. That's why the first thing that we try to do is to show people how to overcome their anger so they can see by the light and mm -hmm. not in the darkness. Now, would I be in danger if I was to ever step inside a black church? Well, it's all depending on which church you go to. You know, some if we went to Louis Farrakhan Church, I would I'll be concerned. <laughs> well, I don't but, think I would. But I'm sure if you walked into the average Baptist church or church in the community, you're not going to have that kind of problem. But they're not going to trust you. They'll welcome you. They'll treat you fine until you disagree with them on on uh, issues like w welfare or affirmative action. And in that very moment, you become an enemy. Right. You don't mm -hmm. have, as a white person, they don't give you the right to disagree. So I'd never be their sister in Christ, ever? N never. Not. not until they forgive. Yeah. Not until they stop hating. When you know. they stop hating, they're going to see that it's not a color thing. It's a spiritual thing. Wait. And that's when you become a sister. Let me throw one in here, okay? Yes, we had a church. It was a, a pa The pastor was black from Ballinger, Texas, down east of San Angelo. Yes. And the, uh, the congregation, they had decided there's going to be blacks and whites. He says it wasn't easy. But now they're really going and growing and doing the right yeah. thing. Yeah. Now that's the way I believe that God wanted us to be. He does. Um, uh, a lot of problem with that. I, I attended a large church in Los Angeles that, uh, um, well, Fred Price Church. Uh, Christian mm -hmm. Christian Center, are you familiar mm -hmm. with that? Mm -hmm. And it's blacks and whites and everybody there. And I went there for seven years. I worked on the Mayor Publicity Committee, gave my tithe and offering. And later on in years, because I left after a while because I wasn't really getting any help. I wasn't. So I left. And later, Fred Price fell out with a white, a social, a white minister friend of, of his who had helped that church a whole lot. And he taught, after he did that, Fred Price taught racism from the pulpit. And I never knew that was in his heart until then. Oh, my goodness. And, so, and that's why I say as soon as white people disagree with black people, they're all right as long as they agree. But the moment they disagree, because blacks are so resentful toward white America, that white friend becoming an enemy. He they used to be on this station years ago, and that's about when it, they said they didn't want to have anything more to do with us. You know? Well, Mr. Peterson, I just wanted to say thank you for being so straight up, because I've never heard anybody just tell it like it is right on TV. That's just amazing. We sit here and, and just love every minute of it, because we know it's the truth. Well, thank you very much. Thank you over there in Las Cruces for calling, okay? Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. That was good. Wasn't you know, it? that's why I want to encourage white Americans to speak up, too. Mm -hmm. Because God said that we should love our enemies, right? And one aspect of loving our enemies and one another is to tell the truth. It sure and is. And the truth is God, is of God. And when you tell the truth and walk away, as long as you tell the truth and don't react, don't hate them for hating mm -hmm. you for telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And when you walk away, the truth stays with that person mm -hmm. or those people, and they have to think about it. Mm -hmm. But if you react to them, they're going to judge you and say, well, look, you're no better than I am. Mm -hmm. So they don't get a chance to look at themselves. And white Americans have a responsibility to tell the truth to and about black people as well. You know, I learned a lot about you coming on this program.
I wasn't too sure which way we'd go, you know. <laughs> and uh, but it's it's really been good for me, and I'm sure Tommy would, would say the same thing. And, and the viewers seem to really yeah. be enjoying it. Well, that's good. People want the truth. That's Amen. People, they, they, they're ready to hear, and they can recognize it when they see it, and when they hear it. That's why we got to tell the truth. Is Billy on here? I think Bill is on the. Billy. Bill. Bill, not on here. Okay. Oh, he's coming. We're trying to get another one on. Yeah, and I admire you guys for having me on because, you know, a lot of network would be afraid to have me on for fear of being boycotted or whatever they do. And you when, gotta love the truth to have me on. <laughs> I had Tommy on. Why not? <laughs> Bill, are you there? Yes, I am. Uh, uh, Bill, you're from Odessa. That's correct. Okay, glad you called in. Thank you. What's going on now? Well, I'd like to talk to Brother Jesse, please. Hi, Bill. I can hear you. Thank you. I, I, I'm hearing you loud and clear. I've been right. watching your program. I watch you on the regular telecast. And uh, I want to add something that I believe God wants us to do and what you've uh, spoken about tonight. You know, I think too many people in America today, and this pertains to black, whites, all colors of people, we're all spirits. A spirit has to have a body to live in. Yes. And I don't see it, you know, my, I'm a white person, but I don't see myself as a white person or you as a black man. If I saw you, I really wouldn't think of that. And yeah. I think too many people today have, and I think there are political leaders and people you've spoken about like Jesse Jackson, they have encouraged people to trust in them, trust in man, rather than placing their faith in God to provide yes, the things for them. That's right. They stand between God and the person. And they pretend like they're pointing the right way, when in reality they are not. You're 100% correct about that. And I'd like to add something to the lady that spoke. I don't know whether it was the last person that called you or not. She was speaking about being a white person in a black church. Mm -hmm. The church I attend is a small church. Uh, and uh, for a long time, I was the only white individual in the church. But I never saw myself as being a, a white person when I went to church. And I don't believe the people there saw me as, oh, we have a white man here today. We have a lot of love in our church, and, and you know I think we just accept each other as uh, believers in Christ. What church do you go to? Embassy Christian Ministries, in Odessa. That's good to know, you know? Well, you know, black people do focus on color more so than whites do. Really? Yeah, they do. It's talked about a lot in the black community and black homes and places like that. And the reason that blacks focus on color more, more so is because of the resentment toward white Americans. Uh, and that's why the, the color thing is there. But if we can get them to repent, drop their anger, forgive their parents, then the color thing would kind of fade away. You would see that the person is white or black, but you would see the person's heart, and that's what you would deal with more so. The, the only, I'm sorry, the only, the only time I ever think that I'm the black, I'm the white person in the church is when, some, when I'm speaking to somebody like you and I'm telling them about my church and about right. the love of the people. That's right. Yeah. Well, you're right about that. That's why we got to tell the truth that it's not a race thing. It's a spiritual battle. It's a warfare between good and evil. Well, you know, they say that when we get to heaven, Jesus is still going to look like a Jew. Al's still going <laughs> to look like he is. And Jesse, you're going to look like that. That's right. Now, if we can't learn how to do it here, how are we going to practice it there? That's right. We, that's why we have to take advantage of this opportunity, because this may be the only chance we get, to be honest. So why take the risk? You know, why mm -hmm. not get over it now? That's Christ right. made it possible for us to get over it now, and we need to take advantage of it now. 
not wait until tomorrow. And I don't think he set a private room aside just for me and my prejudices. That's right. <laughs> That's right. If we don't take advantage of it now, I don't believe we'll have an opportunity in the future to take advantage I of it. I think you're right. right. I wouldn't want to take that risk, that's for sure. No. And I think if we don't get this thing healed in this country, and I, I honestly think we have a big breach and it's got to be healed, yes. Jesse, then we're in trouble in this country uh, because you spoke so many times about the number of blacks who are converting to fanatic Islamics. Yep, that's right. And we're going to see more and more of that if we don't change things. Mm -hmm. If we don't really represent what God is all about, if Christianity don't return to its national state of being, we are going to see more of that. And as a result of that, we are going to suffer. That's right. Because I have to tell you, there is nowhere in the world where Islamic, as I know, Islamic religion is established and you find peace there. But you can find peace with Christianity. Mm -hmm. You cannot find it in, in uh, Islamic religion. Mm -hmm. But it's taken over by our country, and we are sitting back and allowing it to happen. We're afraid to tell the truth about it for fear of being called um, uh, a racist, that we're discriminating against that. But we've got to tell the truth. That's we've right. got to stand up. And I think we need to applaud this gentleman who called in yes. for the stand that he's doing. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank and you. I appreciate you for taking a stand for Christ. Uh, thank you so much, sir. God, God bless you. Thank you. The next car that's going to come on, uh huh. Uh, she don't want her name used, and I read what she wants to talk about. Okay. So can we get that's her fine. on here? Okay. And uh, they'll dial her in here in just a minute. Yeah. I appreciate all the people calling in and wanting yeah, to talk to you. Me too. And that gives me a and Tommy a good sign. They like your program, brother. Well, I want everybody to call in so they'll know for sure. Numbers <laughs> <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> and call in here, right? That's right. <laughs> Any others that might and be ask here? me anything. I'm not afraid of questions. Okay. Um, Deborah called and she said, Do you remember when uh, Million Men March was? Uh, Louis Farrakhan said he was the Messiah, and Jesse Jackson was standing next to him and heard him say it. We, we touched so, that. Yeah, but, uh, oh, she's confirming Far it. Far Farrakhan said that I thought on the other one said that Jesse was the Messiah. Oh, he said that he was. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not surprised about All that. Right. And I think Farrakhan, he, he met God in a spaceship or something, right? Did you hear something like that? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. But. Okay, our caller is on the line. Uh, go ahead, ma'am. Hi. Hi there. I, I just want to commend you for helping me learn about um, things that I don't know about down south. <laughs> I have a mom that grew up in a communist-controlled country. Yes. God gave her America through a displaced persons camp. She's very young. And I, she's Slavic. And basically, I understand from what my mother, she never told me what all she went through during the war. And just recently, the last four years, she's 76, she shared with me. And Slavic actually means slave. Hmm. And so I learned... That, that just actually in the last couple of years. And, but my mom never promoted what she went through. And there's a situation where I work huge call center. And I won't say names or what have you. Right. But I had a boss that right before I had this, now this new manager, we have to change so-called teams and what have you. And basically what took place is I had a boss before, this lady, and he was a man of color. He was white, and he was a Christian. Now, people craved to get on, on him as a manager. 
you I mean they would line up for his what wisdom his advice yeah because he he is such a cool person I mean he radiated God's light and his strength yes. he just you could just see it well when I went on to this other person's team she's a lady lady of color of course she's not a Christian that's pretty plain to know um and believe you me, I kept praying to see the light in her face. It was just, I was almost desperate to see it. Um, she knows what my background is and different ministries I've worked in for 33 years, what have you. But basically, no matter what you do, if you're white, she has her walls up. She yeah. is just, and I, I fasted. I My prayer partner's been praying with me about this. And I'm asking you for your advice because she's, she shows the favoritism. I, you know, I knew that was going to be expected. Um, and I have faced prejudice several times in my life before, you know. But that doesn't mean I want to keep it around. That's you right. know, to me, you don't want to nurture anything that's like a cancer. And I'm just that's asking right. you what your advice could be because, to me, I had such a day-night difference with my other boss. And this one's just, it's like Miss Attitude. She's known by other managers as... <laughs> Miss Attitude. So this lady is your boss, though, right? Yes. Okay. What I would do, first of all, I would forgive her. I wouldn't hold it against her because oh, yeah. she can't help it. And I would, I would uh, make sure I do what I'm supposed to do. I'll work hard. I'll be on time. Yep. I would keep good notes as to the way you're being treated. Yeah. And I would deal, go to the next level with it. You know, tell her boss about what's going on. I would try to talk to this woman about it as well. But a lot of times you can't get through to those people. And so you don't want to give her a reason to get rid of you. Yep. So I would do everything that I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. I would try to reason with her. And if I can't, I would take it to the next level. But I would tell the truth and I would not resent her. No. Because if you resent her, you're going to lose. Yep, that's true. You're going to overreact. You're going to do something wrong. And she's gonna, you're going to give her a reason to get rid of you. That's true. But, uh, and, and I have to tell you, I know what you're dealing with because, and again, not all, not all, not all, but the average black woman is almost impossible to deal with. See, they, her, they are her, mean. Her boss is a, they're mean she's a and black angry. lady too. Have you gone to the post office lately? Yeah. Uh, don't go to the post office. They are, they've been there for, since they were 12, and they are mean and angry. You can't ask but one question. And so I know what you're dealing with. That's why a lot of black men are married out of their race or dating out of their race because they can't handle that kind of anger of and the black woman. my manager's black and his wife is white. Yeah. But She's just, a really sweet person. So you need to forgive her, mm -hmm. but do what is right so you're protected. Okay. Now the poster I go to, the lady's a partner to this, and she's black. And uh, she's a manager there, and she's a sweetheart. Well, God bless her. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, she's, she's a good a one. believer. But don't go to my post office. <laughs> see, no, no. See, it's, it's not the post office. It's the, the lady that that's I was I have talking my about problem. that's the manager is, yeah. her boss is black, too, so it's like, a, <laughs> help me. <laughs> yeah, you you got to forgive her. Yeah, Because she has, a, she has personal issues going on. Yeah. doesn't know how to deal with them, so she take them out on the world around her. Yeah. And so when you show it's her bad. patience... But honestly, she will see God in you, and then maybe a change can come for the good. Okay. Yeah. Well, God bless you, lady. Well, yeah. bless you, too. I love you all. And then we'll pray that you get your situation straightened out. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, we will. We definitely will. But she, if she just don't judge her yeah. and do yeah. what's right, God's going to take care of her no matter what. That's right. Yeah, he'll take care of you. 
Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's kind of like me. I get mad at the FCC, and then when I shut up and let God handle it, it, it works out. It <laughs> always does. That's right. It always works out. You know, it's a... And plus, that challenge that she's had with her boss, it's really... It, two things are happening. It's to show her that if she has a relationship with God or not. Because when you believe in God, you deal with the world differently than you That's did right. before you believed in him. You overcome the world rather than reacting to the world. So that is happening for this lady they call. And also her boss is going to look at the way she's dealing with her. You know, her boss may think one day, you know, I'm mean to this woman. I'm not treating her well. And she's so kind. She's doing her job. She's on time. And she can feel conflict from that. And maybe she'll be born again. You know, mm -hmm. you just never know what can come out of mm -hmm. it. Because the power of love that's in Christians are greater than the hell that's in the people that mm -hmm. don't believe in God. That's right. right. But they have, we have to show it. You know, I'm kind of assuming from the number of calls that we're getting here that you people in, enjoy doing this kind of a program with Jesse. And uh, if you do, let us know. We'll try to work out schedule Jesse where you can be here a little more often. I think we got somebody on the phone. Yes, Jesse's on the phone. Jesse? Yes. Hi, Jesse. How are y'all doing tonight? All is well. Uh, first of all, I want to give all praise and glory to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. Amen. And uh, I just, there's been a little bit of something bothering me. I don't know uh, how it's going in the community where you live at, but I have been noticing that there's like a lot of, Division in the church. A lot of what? Division. Yes. Division. Yes, sir. It and, is. And it, it seems to, because um, I came out of a uh, a gang, and it seems like almost it's like a gang mentality. Yeah. In different churches, you know. Uh, yes, sir. If you're not from this group, or if you're not from that group, you know, you're not uh, saved. Come on, brother, you're preaching it right. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, just, it's real disturbing, and, and it's really an attack of the devil because if you go in the scriptures, Jesus said that if a house is divided against itself, it can't stand. Yeah. So, so what the devil is trying to do is divide the body of Christ with all these um, little technicalities or grudges or attitudes right. or maybe even jealousy, you know, because... Uh, pastors building up a new church, or they, these brothers over here are, are, are evangelizing, and um, you know, little things. You know, when somebody gets blessed, it seems like it's not the unbelievers that we're dealing with, but the people that are supposed to be saved that are rising up with grudges. Let me ask: Have you pointed this out to your pastor? Uh, it's where I'm at right now. It's it's not it's it's not happening where I'm at right now. Oh, okay. But I, I've I've been in other churches and 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 it and it has happened and and I've prayed against it. and I'm not the kind of person to try to um, maybe I need to be a little bit more bold. But I I I, I like to pray about things more. Well, issues like that. Maybe God wants you to pray, but He wants you to do a little more. He wants you to take action too. And uh, so what I would recommend when you see that stuff going on, you need to go to the head and tell him about it. And you need to uh, bring those people with you, the people that are doing it, or take the pastor to them right. and confront the, that issue head on, and then it will stop. It'll snap it. Right. But if you don't expose it and it stays hidden in the darkness, it's going to destroy everything around it. But I recommend go to the pastor that expose what's going on. 
Okay. You know, just tell them, you know what, I was here today and Mary and John was talking about Sue and talking about you and everything else. Just right. bring it to the light. Then right. it would change. Amen. Are you able to do that? Are you bold enough to do that? Uh, I, I will be, you know, I will be, you know, it's just something that, that I believe I, I can do and it's believe, you know, it just... You have a responsibility to do it. Right. Yeah. You have to do it. Amen. And, and I will, I'll, I'll start bringing stuff like that out because, you know, it's, it's, it's disturbing, you know, and it's... Um, yeah, it's, what it is too, you're feeling the guilt of knowing that it's going on and right. as a man of God, you're not doing anything about it. You have a responsibility to lead the way, to be that example. And by and, not, not handling it, you're not being an example. And you can be wrong. That's right. And that's what he will find out. Yeah. If you go there and you're wrong, you, you know what? I'm wrong, but this is what it looked like. I'm sorry. And that's where repentance really feels that's good. Right. Yes, sir. Amen. Well, I appreciate the call. Thank Amen. you. Amen. God bless you, Jesse. Thank you. Well, you know, we're getting the calls in here, in and out. <laughs> Got any fill-ins here? Um, well, Bill called back, and, and he would like for you to just calling sometime while well, you're here this week in the well we'll just give him the phone number. yeah you know uh speaking of exposing and we have church at my organization we have sunday morning services and that kind of crap doesn't go on if it does the men and women know that they have to expose it mm -hmm. you can't let the devil just come even into the church and just mm -hmm. rob, oh, rob yeah. you and yeah. the devil loves to stay hidden and take advantage he can't handle the light so when you expose him you bring him to the light it's over Mm -hmm. And we have a responsibility to be the light of the world. And you're the church there in, in your organization. Yes. Are you the pastor of it? I am. Yes. Um, and so they know they can come to me with anything. You do you rule with a rod? Yes, I do. And I'm tougher this year than last year. <laughs> okay. We can hear you now. We got you. Tony? Yes. Hey, Tony. Uh, Mr. Peterson, I was... You hear me? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, I'm sitting here listening to you, and uh, I got to be honest, and, and, and I haven't heard you that much, but you're making out every black person except you to be evil. And Oh, not at all. No, I said well, not all. That's what I said, not all, but most. Most. Yes. Okay. Are you black? Let me ask you this. How do you say most? Are you black? Yes, I'm, I'm very black. Oh, okay. So your question is, how do I say most? How do you come up with the uh, statistics and this overwhelming Good question. number? Now, if you say some right. or this specific group or that one, I mean, this is a large country, and I think there are about 14 million blacks, maybe. Something like that. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, is this so a good question? I know so many hardworking good people. They don't hate white people. I know some who do, and I've taught my kids that, you know, this is horrible. We don't want to do what's been done to us in the past. Right. That's let's not, let's uh, agree on something first, all right? All Would right. you agree that anything over 50% is most, right? Y yeah, 50% of anything is most. most. Okay. 90% yeah. uh, of black Americans vote for Democrats year in and year out. And most of those people call themselves Christians. It is clear to anybody with any common sense now that the Democratic Party represents evil. They're for abortion, they're for homosexuality, 
cheating on your wife, uh, anti-military, uh, living together before marriage. Let me finish. Living together before marriage. Ninety percent of blacks vote for that party. Would that be possible if they truly believed in God? Let me, let me ask you this. No, here. answer the question first. No, I, I don't think, I, I, I think that you're wrong. No, okay, answer the question first. first. I ask you, no, I ask you, if they believe in God, if they believe in God. could they support evil too? Well, first off, you're trying to trap no, give me, me an into answer. saying that the Democratic an Party is evil. No, could you I'm support good and evil? Okay, then, you don't, you don't believe me. I think there are plenty of, of good people who vote both ways. Are you sitting here telling me that no, everybody is not, not a question, Democrat or so godly and so right? No, let me, let me ask you this. Uh, abortion, is that good or evil? Is it good or evil? Is it good or evil? Okay. Let me say this here. You're not answering my question. I don't question. believe abortion is right. No, no, I'm going to answer you on that. I believe abortion is wrong. Is it evil? But you know what, though? No, is it evil, you, sir? You're castigating all these black people when many of them came and get a good job. Now, two wrongs don't make a right. How does, what does that have to do with abortion and voting for a party that supports because, evil? Because, because here's the problem. People like you are... You know, putting down poor people and people of no means, calling yeah, I mean, them I racist it, and I didn't evil. say anything about poor people. And I see people working two or three jobs. So you're not answering my and question. You're in denial. Well, so are you. And not only that, <laughs> you're a, you are a liar there and you, you go. know it. How yeah, much do what you have get I lied paid about? for your uh, appearances? Let me ask you something. Tell me How one thing I've lied paid? about. Tell me one thing I've lied about. One thing. I can answer how much well, it gets paid. Well, I, I tell you one thing you've lied about. When you say most black people, I just you're lying. You. Okay, if let me you ask you. Some one last thing. Let me tell you about the pay. I don't get the pay. All right, I'm doing it because this is what God has given me to do. He's given two good people to uh, put up on their heart to give me the opportunity to get the word out. But let me ask you this. Seventy percent of black babies are born out of wedlock. Is that good or evil? <laughs> Ne it's never good when babies are born out of wedlock. No. So where am I wrong? You just said I'm saying I, I am a parent that's been with my kids from day but one. You, call, you said with that my wife I am wrong, sir. 16 years. Where am I wrong? I think you're wrong in trying to narrow all this down to a simple black-white issue. It is. There's it is no gray that. area. We got. You're, you're either born again, serve God, or you're not. Black or white. Black no, it's or white. either what you think and only what you think. But that's, that's what it. God said. Didn't God say you're either of him or of your father the devil? <laughs> Absolutely. But so. he didn't say what he didn't. He didn't go around all over TV. God never went around like you're doing, <laughs> trying to demonize one group. And well, they didn't have TV another. in those times, right? When Christ was around, they didn't have TV. Yeah, well, he didn't even do it on paper. <laughs> well, you don't read the Bible, huh? But this is, uh, you know what? Let me just say I know about more this. about the Bible than you think. So you don't know me. Here's your problem. Yes, I and do I'm know you. To you criticize and judge everybody that you don't even know these people. You know what you see on let TV. Let me just say. And you're cashing in because there are a lot of people out there that want you to say what you're saying. Let me just say this to you. You don't make you know, money from telling the truth. Maybe that me. room in heaven isn't waiting on you like you think it is. Sir, let me say this to you. 
This this young man on the phone, this man on the phone is a perfect example of what is wrong in the black community. By the way, I'm not a young man. Well, I'm not a young man. <laughs> well, old man. That's even worse. Old man. All right, I appreciate yeah, well, your call, though. I tell Thank you what, you. I, I'd like to see God welcome you after you have done. All right, thanks so for your many. call. We're going to let him go. But I want to make the point that one of the big problems in the black community today, and now happening in the white community, is that you have men that are thinking that way. They're in denial about what is wrong. That's right. And because we have the responsibility to lead the way, uh, how can you find a way if the men are all out to lunch? Mm -hmm. And this guy is denying good and accepting evil. Mm -hmm. And we got to tell the truth for that to come. And mm -hmm. that's why we're at Bond, we're rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. I believe that if we can get men to turn back to God, all men, then let God guide them and they can guide their wives and children in the right way to go. Yeah. He, you know, I need to address the thing about how much money you get yeah. paid. Um, <laughs> If we sold advertising, I wouldn't have on the screen, yeah, look at that, make or renew your pledge, <laughs> you know? Good That's going right. in their control room. That's right. Because uh, we would be dickering and arguing over how much money are you going to get for an appearance. That's right. But I don't get money for coming. You don't get nothing. And, and yet, get, what I do get is greater than money. You <laughs> get a handshake. Believe me, it's greater than money. You know, they only say stuff like that because they can't say you are wrong. Yes. And so, That's since right. they can't say you are wrong, they go into personal attacks mm -hmm. and they make up stuff that's not even true. Well, Anything to deny the truth. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. What we would suggest is people just start really searching out the facts for themselves. Yes. Read the Bible. That's right. Read How the Bible. How can you read the Bible and make those kind of statements? No, you, you can't. And, you know, he was saying that uh, you're picking on the blacks. Well, He'd probably have a cross burning out in the front if he was picking on the whites that way, but we got the same problem. That's right. Exactly. It is. And we work with all people, but well, I'm a black man who God has given the responsibility. Cause white, because white people are afraid to do it. Somebody got to do it, so God has given me the responsibility mm -hmm. to do it. And if it wasn't for God, I would not be doing it. That's right. Believe yeah. me, I would not get up on my own and just do it. Well, it's a spiritual <laughs> problem, like you say, that is for... Um, in the white community, the yes. black community, the Hispanic community. That's right. No doubt in the Oriental community. That's right. All communities. All communities. Yeah. It's a spiritual problem, and only the Holy Spirit can fix it. The only way. No other way it can be resolved. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You, you summed it all up. If you think Christian television is an easy thing, come <laughs> and swap jobs with me. <laughs> well, this has been a very interesting I appreciate program. everybody calling in tonight. I do, too. That was... It really had some yeah. excellent calls. It's, uh, we had one here from Ernest and Clovis said, how do you get churches to outreach to the community? I don't know if you can answer that in 30 uh, seconds. Uh, you're not going to be able to get the churches to do it. We're going to have to go out and do it. Individuals have, have to do, do it. it. Individuals have to do it. Yeah. And we've got to remember what the church Shoot. is. It's not that building. It's not that pastor. It's That's you right. and me. Our bodies are the temple of the Lord. That's mm -hmm. right. And it's there we should worship him. Mm -hmm. Is there where he lives? So we have to work out of that. Yeah, and that's how you reach the people. Yes, sir. My brother. Thank you. Al. Thank you. All I right. hope it's not long for you. It Come back be. and be one of these programs. Anytime. Anytime. Yeah. Thank you so much. We love you. And I'm appreciate glad you heard you. me on the radio show that day. Me too. Uh, <laughs> well, it was a life changer. Yes. For yeah. a lot of people, not just you and me. Yes. These last closing seconds, I say, 
If you don't like us, don't send in money. Change channels. You do help us. God bless you. Remember, pray Amen. for the peace of Jerusalem. You're watching the Primetime Christian Broadcasting Network, home of God's Learning Channel.